Welcome to Get Better at Garbage with your host, Colin Bell, COO of Recycle Smart, Canada's fastest growing recycling technology company. We talk tech, innovation, and inside secrets with top industry experts every week. You'll find exclusive content, interviews, and commentary from the leaders in the North American recycling industry. Welcome to episode two of Get Better with Garbage. I'm your host, Colin Bell, COO of Recycle Smart. And today, I've got a very interesting guest, uh, Michael Groves, founder and CEO of Topolytics, a really interesting uh, data collection analysis uh, company based uh, in the UK. And uh, these guys are really doing some interesting things, something very dear to our heart at Recycle Smart, which is data and collection of data, and also how hard it is in the waste and recycling area. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Colin. It's great to be here and uh, based in Edinburgh. So we're still at this point part of the UK, but you never know. That's true. That's true. Yes. With Brexit and all, it may change in the future, but uh, I guess politically you're still in the UK. Um, Absolutely. For us in North America, it all blurs together, but I'm glad that we got that going. And that's actually a good uh, kind of intro to the first question is kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? You know, where did you go to school and, and what were you doing before Topolytics? Okay, uh, born in a town called Birkenhead, uh, which is near Liverpool, uh, just on the other side of the River Mersey from Liverpool, and um, went to school there, then went to college in various places, Portsmouth, did a PhD in uh, Birmingham, uh, and then, yeah, basically subsequently been working for 20 odd years in different aspects of uh, sustainability, environmental management, ran around Southeast Asia doing um, sustainable forest certification for the Forest Future Council. Uh, and then set up a, my first business, which was a consultancy, uh, which basically did sustainability reporting for um, you know, primarily big companies, kind of, you know, sort of um, sustainability or CSR type reporting. Uh, sold that uh, in 2011. <clears throat> and um, along the way, my wife and I set up a baby product company called Totsi, which is a fabric chair harness for babies for lunch. And we sell that uh, all over the world. It's a market leader. Um, but um, Topolytics really came out of um, a moment I had in um, in Indonesia, and I was doing some work on environmental management systems, and um, I looked at the standard for ISO 40001, and it said communication. You know, you have to communicate around around the environment and environmental performance, <laughs> and uh, most of the time, you know, you'd ask the question of the client, and they'd say, well, we have a complaints book. I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> there, must be, there must be better ways of doing this. So. So it kind of started from there. So it was all about trying to hitch data to the idea of transparency and reporting. And that's really the, the, the genesis of, of, of Toplytics. And, uh, and obviously, we've evolved it uh, since then. That's an excellent overview. Um, what's kind of the elevator pitch? If I ran to you at a cocktail party uh, and you, know, you were trying to explain to me, what does Toplytics do? What, how would you kind of pitch that in terms of a kind of a quick soundbite? Um, well, okay, I'd say that we're, uh, you know, we're a leader in the analysis of waste data at scale. So um, what we do is we generate insights for uh, manufacturers, other waste producers, uh, companies in the, in the waste sector, and also investors. Uh, in, in essence, what we're doing is using data science to make the world's downstream material system much more visible, uh, so the data is verifiable, and then we can generate insights that basically unlock the value in that material. And that's what we're about. 
uh, one thing we found, and I think you guys also have found, is that collecting re and reporting data in the waste and recycling industry has proved very challenging. And so just want to get your thoughts on why is it so hard to get good data for, you know, industries, municipalities, councils, governments to find out, you know, how much waste material they're generating and diverting? Um, well, the first thing I'd say is that I don't think the waste industry is particularly unique in the fact that, you know, data, you know, you know, is poor or can be poor. I mean, I think if you look at all industry, you know, there's a range of uh, different players, um, you know, different sort of systems. Um, and so some of that data is, is good, some of it's poor, but obviously a lot of the time it's siloed. So I think the waste industry is quite sort of similar in that way. But obviously specific to, the, to, the, to that industry is the fact that actually it's quite difficult to measure, isn't it? I mean, you know, you've got material that might, you know, you know, products or packaging that might be, you know, mixed materials, and that gets mixed with other materials. So trying to define what that, what that mix is and then trying to understand where that material is then moved because, of course, it then gets mixed with other materials from other sources. It then gets separated again. Uh, it then gets transformed. It goes through sort of certain processes and you might get to end of waste uh, or it might go into you know, onwards and onto energy, energy waste or into landfill or it might ultimately be recycled. So, so I think actually defining what it is, measuring what it is, you know, whether it be weighing it or estimating weights or you know and, and at what point do you weigh it do you weigh it on at the point at which that waste is first kind of collected from the waste producer do you, do you weigh it once it gets to a weigh bridge which be consolidated with other material you know so i think there's a whole range of challenges um that are fundamental to you know fundamentally why it's very difficult to get good data sometimes i think you've then got um some of the business models perhaps i mean you know waste well, you know better than you know better than I do. I mean, the waste industry is very <laughs> traditional, or has been a very traditional kind of industry. You know, I mean, it, it kind That's of hasn't true. changed very much for 150 years, has it? I mean, it, you know, lorries and quarries, um, and uh, but obviously, you know, obviously it has kind of evolved and it has moved on, but but it's still at heart, I think it's uh, you know it's a sort of very sort of traditional kind of industry. So again, you end up with a scenario where you get some players like you, you guys, who are really progressive. You know, you're adopting, you know, sort of state-of-the-art systems for capturing data, for using data and sharing data with your customers and using it to add value to your customer proposition. And then you get a whole kind of long tail of companies that are just kind of, you know, somebody with a van, you know, and they just move stuff. Right, uh, right. And then they, you know, and then they, they, they have a piece of paper that, you know, you sign, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I think... So I think that, that some of the sort of the way, you know, the industry's kind of, um, you know, set up, uh, the business models, because, you know, traditionally, you know, the idea of you know, the linear business model, you know, still equally is, equally is, you know, you can make as good, uh, as good money from landfilling as you can from recovery and recycling. And obviously recovery and recycling is expensive and you know, getting it right, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a whole, I think there's a whole range of reasons. And then, of course, at the, at the one end, you've then got, you know, the, an element of criminality sometimes as well, you know, the whole piece around waste crime and, and that's clearly something that the progressive players and the good players in the industry don't, you know, they don't want that because that clearly, you know, you know, that clearly works against the whole the industry as a whole. So I think there's a whole raft of reasons why it's quite difficult, I think, to to um, capture good data within uh, within the industry. 
you brought up a good point there. And just for our North American listeners, lor- lorries are trucks and uh, waybridges are scales. <laughs> so, we'll just, yeah. okay. All good, though. I, um, <laughs> I, apologize. I apologize. No, no. Move we on. just will uh, we'll do some translation so people aren't confused on the other <laughs> side of the ocean. Um, you brought up a good point about the, you know, the recycling industry and obviously data. And I just wanted to ask you a little bit about how has the whole change in the export markets with the recycling industry over the past couple of years, has that, has that helped Toplytics or has it affected kind of what your customers are looking for? Obviously, cardboard used to be worth, you know, quite a bit of money. We used to be able to move stuff all over the world and that's yeah. kind of stopped. So is that, yeah. has that created an opportunity or a challenge or hasn't really affected? Uh, personally, I think it's an opportunity because, uh, because I think, again, you know, in a scenario where you suddenly have, you know, you have the supply chain that's been, you know, kind of operating for, you know, sort of 10, 20 years, and then suddenly that changes and the whole dynamics change. So everyone then is kind of running around thinking, oh, crikey, you know, where is the capacity to recover and recycle this material? You know, we need new capacity. So where do we, where do we put it? Uh, what do we do with that material? So absolutely, I think it, to me, what that does is it shows that absolutely we need to get much better, well, not only get def- better data, but we then we need to get smarter at what we do with that data and how we, how we qualify that data and how we decide which is good data and which isn't so good data. So, so I think that whole disruption in that, in that sort of international kind of supply chain has definitely sort of played the idea of, of much better kind of data and, and analytics. So, so, yeah, that's the way we, we would see that. Right. So that idea of, you know, better data, you can see opportunities and trends versus before it was kind of easy. So you didn't really need data because you just took it to the same place you've always taken it to and they always wanted it. It was it was fairly straightforward. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you get, you know, you get that. So you get the, you know, the paradigm is that's what happens. That's the way it happens. And that's the way we do it. And, you know, there you go. But then suddenly there's a new paradigm. And so you do need to a shift there. You also then need to start building different business models. And, and working out what, you know, what is the business model in, that, in this different world. So the only way you can do that, clearly, is if you've got better, better information at your, you know, your fingertips. Not only, obviously, in terms of the material, but I think that whole pricing piece is really interesting, wasn't it? Because, again, the way some of that material is priced, you know, the, some of those sort of, you know, sort of market dynamics, it's still quite sort of, can be still quite manual. You know, it's, you know somebody picks up a phone to a few people and works out. And, right. You know, so, so that commodity, <laughs> You know, that commodity system, I think, is still quite sort of um, kind of mixed as well in terms of the, the, the way that data is, is generated. So I think, again, the, the kind of data that we would look at is not only on, in terms of the, the material itself and the quantities and the, you know, the quality and where it's moved and what happens to it and some of those metrics. But clearly, there's a whole piece around the value, um, not only in terms of the material value itself, but obviously in terms of the value through that kind of whole kind of value chain. Um, so, um, so yeah, yeah, we think there's opportunity there as well. Speaking of chain, um, there's been a lot of buzz around blockchain and we've seen some companies in uh, the waste and recycling space, you know, purportedly using blockchain or talking about using blockchain. So just wanted to get your thoughts on blockchain technology and does it have a place in the waste and recycling industry in terms of that distributed ledger and, and giving, you know, better trackability and traceability, or is it just a fancy buzzword that people are dropping to, to sound more smart? I think in reality, it's a bit of both. Um, so, uh, you know, so, so I, I think it has a place, but it's not the universal panacea that, you know, perhaps um, was, you know, but, uh, you know, you know, with, you know, blockchain was, of course, sold as being, it's going to solve all of our problems. And, um, 
Uh, and I think in reality, what will happen is it will find use cases where it really works well. Um, so our, our view is that, I mean, we, we did a, uh, you know, we asked these, this question of ourselves. Um, so we did a project looking at a, a certain kind of waste stream and built a, a blockchain and see, just to sort of see how, how it would work. I, I, I still think there are challenges with it in relation to, because you're still dealing with physical material. So it's that intersection between the physical environment and the digital environment. So right, you've still right. got to sort of capture that information. So it's still possible to game that, game that system, um, we think. And there are obviously there are challenges there around the speed at which that data is generated, the cost and everything else. So, so I think it, it definitely has applications, but we don't see it as having a sort of universal application across the whole kind of waste system. Um, and we still think that you can get the same level of security around the data and the same level of transparency in other ways uh, without having to use a sort of distributed ledger system. But the, I think there will be certain use cases. So for example, I think they've been looking at it for look, uh, monitoring kind of exports um, um, out of the UK as well. So there's a kind of um, system um, in, in doing that. So, so I think, yeah, it's, a, it's, so it's, that, it's, it's a bit of both. Yeah, so, so it, 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 I think it will work in certain applications, but it, it's not the universal panacea. Yeah, it's an interesting point how blockchain with a digital product or in the finance world where you're, you know, basically it's a digital, it's a digital signature and a digital product that you're moving around. Um, but obviously, yeah, in this world, you've got the digital product plus the physical product, which is, you know, the bale of cardboard or the load of plastic or whatever yeah. it is. Speaking of data and obviously Recycle Smart, we're, we're big fans of IoT and trying to generate more, better data, faster data. Do you think that is true real-time data in this area? Is that ever going to happen, or is that just a pipe dream where I can sit down and, you know, as a as a council, see how many tons of material went through my system last week or yesterday, or is that is just never going to happen in terms of the, the challenges in the industry? Um, I, I think the IoT piece is definitely much more. I think will have much more of an impact than blockchain, um, personally. So I think that the idea of machine to machine. Um, data collection within the within within the world of recycling is is it's already there um, to a certain degree. It's quite nascent still, but we we definitely see that as being you know the the, the way ahead. Now again, whether you'll get this kind of universal, beautiful digital end to end sort of fingerprint using you know using kind of IoT and sort of sensor technologies, um, not sure. But it definitely, definitely has application. Obviously, you know, we're, we're working with data from, you know, you've got some of the bin sensor systems, for example, you know, the, the internet of bins or the bin industrial revolution is somebody else. Uh, <laughs> I probably. like that term, the bin industrial. Uh, yeah, 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 I quite like that one too. Um, and then obviously you've got the kind of, you know, the tracking piece, uh, you know, whether it's a smart label or if it's RFID or, you know, some other form of kind of sensing technology for sort of tracking that movement. Uh, and then of course you've got, you know, Increasingly, potentially autonomous vehicles um, as well. That 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 side of it. Um, so yeah, I, th I think I think it will. Uh, I think machine to machine is definitely going to bring uh, those uh, those kind of more real time opportunities into it. But I think the the way that ultimately plays out is 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 is, is difficult to say. But there's no doubt, and and this you know certainly no doubt in our mind. I and mean, we're building a system for. UK government at the moment to digitally track all of the UK's waste. So this is for the regulators, all of the UK regulators. Um, and so what we're doing is we're, we're saying, okay, this has to deal with the here and the now, where there's a lot of spreadsheets, there's a lot of paperwork, you know, it's a, you know we can kind of digitize that, that. 
but actually the future of this system there will be much more machine to machine kind of data collection so we will remove that kind of human interaction from it because it will just sort of you know will automatically pick up a you know pick up that signal and pick up that reading and that will then go into 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 the database um, right. So I do see that as definitely playing out and being much more, uh, uh, you know, really useful, uh, both in terms of operational um, efficiencies and, and in terms of that data collection, but obviously also in terms of um, that piece around regulation and transparency as well. So uh, you've been obviously, you know, on the top Linux journey for a little while now. What, what's the most surprising thing you've, you've learned so far from building? the business in terms of you know maybe the aha moment or just the head shake moment um well when we sort of first started you know because when we started really focusing in on um on waste because we've been looking at a, a range of different environmental sort of metrics whether it be you know, water use or um, energy use or some of this some of those things but um the thing about waste, so I talk about waste, and people say, oh, man, that's so difficult. Why are you doing that? It's just too <laughs> difficult. You know, and it's come dirty on. and it's smelly. And, gross. and what are you doing that for? You know, I mean, so, I, I, and I think for me, absolutely, the reason we do what we do is because it is so difficult, because that's where we see there is a massive opportunity. You know, like, like, like you guys, you know, you... You're in that. You're in that industry. You're right in that industry, and you're a progressive player in the industry. And the way you're applying technologies to to that, because there is an opportunity to do things better and get better outcomes for that material. Um, so, so I, I don't know if that's an aha moment, but it was certainly something that has kind of really, you know, really sort of, um, you know, it's just been more and more reinforced. The more we've got into it, and the more we've sort of looked at. The complexities, both in terms of the commercial players, the, the government players, the just the things like licensing and permitting. You know, even in the UK, you know, there's a you know looking at how that could be sort of harmonised, uh, and then obviously that whole piece around how do you measure that material, how do you track that material through multiple, you know, multiple locations and multiple sort of you know changes of, of ownership or, or, or management. Um, it is a really complex system, but we love that challenge because you know it's absolutely fascinating, uh, and and certainly you know, you know I've learned a lot more about that world over the last um, you know two or three years than I than I knew before. But it is pretty amazing, actually. It's pretty fascinating, and it's absolutely fundamental because you know if you look at those World Bank numbers on urban waste going from two billion tons up to whatever it is three and a half billion tons over the next sort of twenty years. You know, we've got a whole bunch of set of material there that we've got to deal with, haven't we? I mean, you know, we can't just keep tipping it in the, into holes in the ground because that's not sustainable. Uh, and, you know, materials efficiency is going to be increasingly much more important. So, so we think it's a really fascinating area. Yeah, it's a good point. Where it's hard and dirty, there's often opportunity because, uh, you know, it's not sexy and there's not a lot of other players that want to wait in there. It's not like you're doing, you know, another ride sharing company or something where everybody and their dog is, is rolling up their sleeves. So, uh, yeah, we, I call that looking under bridges, which is like when you go under a bridge, you often find stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the mandatory, uh, COVID-19 question, we have to ask everyone this now just to, you know, check the box. Has it affected your business in what way? Um, so uh, have you seen any kind of material effect? Um, material effects, nice. nice that, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, you know, like everybody else, obviously, we 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 went into a sort of work from home mode, um, right? Um, 
Well, uh, I, I, initially it was thought was that we need to go WFH, but I was thinking, yeah, WTF. Um, <laughs> but um, the, so, so we've been doing that obviously for the best part of what seven or eight weeks now. And um, but you know we've kind of Zoom and all all the rest. That's you know that's all fine. We sort of worked that through. We've got lots of ongoing work. We are actually st- seeing new business. You know, we're having you know really having kind of new business calls, and so there's a lot going on. So it's not. Um, it, I don't think it's kind of impacting us really in the here and the now. Um, we're managing to work through it. Um, I think looking ahead, I mean, you know, clearly in terms of that wider market environment, and um, particularly the waste producers, big, you know, corporate waste producers, you know, is their fo- focus going to be on, you know, things like this, or is, you know, are they just going to be firefighting? So there's those kind of questions in terms of that, you know, the next sort of 12 months or so. But we're, we're not seeing any sort of, uh, reluctance along those lines just at the moment. I think fundamentally beyond it, um, you know, and obviously there's two schools of thought on this. It's like, you know, we, you know, I'm an optimist, so I'm glass half full. We think that there will be a, a focus on supply chain and and materials and, and security of supply and everything else, which actually we think does play into what we're trying to do. And I think that plays into what, what you guys are trying to do as well. Um, yeah, so it- people will want to... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think people are more supply chain aware uh, and, you know, where that supply chain might be weak or, or need a little more love. So um, just getting to the end here and a uh, quick, yeah. quick question here, maybe in a sentence or two, if you had five minutes to talk to your 20 year old self, what would you tell your 20 year old self looking back? Uh, I, I would just say, don't be so blooming shy. <laughs> you know, just, just get out there. You know, I, I've had to, you know, I'm a very, you know, I'm a very shy person uh but i've had to learn to just get myself out there and just go and you know network and get out there and and just you know do do the business so uh, i'm not a natural you know i wasn't a natural sort of you know kind of entrepreneur type in that regard i was very bookish <laughs> and uh, so that's what i would say to my 20 20 year old self is just don't be such a you know don't be so you know sad just get out there you know <laughs> get out of the library absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah great well i really appreciate the discussion today very interesting stuff that uh, topolytics is doing um we were chatting today with dr michael gross founder and ceo of topolytics based in edinburgh still part of the uk um we hope that uh you guys see some success in the rest of the year and i think you guys are doing some very interesting and worthwhile work and hopefully one day we can uh bring you across the ocean into North America and and try to get our data and order over here because we also need some help. All right. So that's the end of this episode of Get Better at Garbage. Remember, you can always tune in on Spotify or any of the other major platforms, and we will talk to you next week. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Remember, you can recycle past episodes at www.recycle-smart.com slash podcast and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for joining us and remember to get better at garbage, rock the recycling, and save some serious dough.